So we are in New Haven, Connecticut. Back, back at Freestyle Gospel Studios, Freestyle Gospel LLC, Christopher Elliott, proprietor. It is so nice. If you're watching us on YouTube, you may see us in a studio more often. So it might be our new, it might be our new thing. Might be our new gimmick. Yeah. Instead of lugging equipment around, we're just gonna <laughs> spend money and rent a studio, but I got to tell you, it's worth every penny. Yeah, it's been it's been great coming in. And today we're going to hit it hard on New Haven. New Haven, Connecticut. Let's do it. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Hey, listeners, ever wonder what it would be like to blow up your comfort zone at the tender age of 50? Well, we did just that. When our last kid went off to college, we hit the road in search of a new hometown. Now we bounce from city to city and bring you along for the ride. This is the Skip Town All-Stars podcast. Welcome back, All-Stars, to a very special New Haven, Connecticut edition of Skip Town All-Stars podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I am loving being in New Haven. Uh, it's not quite... Well, let's just say this before I give too much away. I think most people have an idea of what Connecticut is like if you don't live on the East Coast. If you live in the Midwest and you live on the West Coast, you have this very Hollywood image right. of what Connecticut is like. And going to Hartford, I think we debunked that. <laughs> we have debunked that, yes. And then being in New Haven, well, New Haven is not Hartford. But um, it is, it's still not the white picket fences, no. that I think people are imagining in their head when they're imagining Connecticut. Oh, yeah, Connecticut, Maine, Boston, like uh, Massachusetts, all that. You think white picket fences oh. and crab buckets everywhere. Absolutely. Now, that's true. I guess you're right. That is a very Hollywood. That's my that was my Hollywood perspective. That's everybody's. Since we've been recording here, uh, I've been getting text messages, DMs, because I'll post, uh, you know, things that I'm doing during the day on our story on Skip Town All Stars on Instagram. And then if you're on YouTube, I post uh, quite a few videos on our shorts. Yeah. And people have been asking me, how are the houses? How are the white picket fences? Tell me everything. And yeah. I will I'll respond with. I haven't seen many because <laughs> no, we've I'm, been in we've been in cities so far. But New Haven is a little different. It is a little different. And I would say you mentioned Hartford and how we kind of sort of were not feeling it. I'm kind of digging New Haven. I got to be honest. I like the city. It's like just enough city and a quick exit, like within five or 10 minutes, you're out in some other suburb or approaching a rural area. I kind of like it. Like it wasn't anything that I expected, but I'm feeling it. Oh, I really am so happy that we decided to come to New Haven. It wasn't a plan, but it ended up becoming part of our schedule. And New Haven is so different than Hartford, even though they're an hour away. Um, New Haven really is more of what a downtown should be, whereas Hartford is really just a business downtown. We talked about this. The city is open in Hartford Monday through Friday, nine to six, yeah. then really closes down. There's nobody walking around after six. Everyone kind of gets in their car and goes back to their homes, whereas in New Haven. Bustling. Bustling. And newsflash, if you didn't know this, Yale is located in New Haven. So Yale University is here, and that brings in a busyness to the city. Now, we've obviously been in cities where a university is present, but the city doesn't acknowledge that university. We've seen that across the board in our travels. 
But we've also seen cities that embrace the university, make it part of the city. And New Haven has 100% done that with Yale. There is always something going on in New Haven. And it is a city that is extremely walkable. It is a city that I think is somewhat affordable. And I say somewhat because, you know, there are your places you could go to in New Haven that cater to, you know, expensive, that cater to an expensive clientele. And when it comes to food, you can, of course, find those expensive places. But overall, our feeling or my feeling, I don't Mm -hmm. know about yours, is that it's a very affordable city and easy to get around. And I don't know. I like it also. Great. That's awesome. And yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, in terms of houses, we'll talk about that a little bit later when I'm sort of breaking down some of the neighborhoods that I've been through. But for the most part, yeah, you can find a pretty decent house in the 300s here. So and in a great section of town. The beauty of also New Haven, I feel, is, um, well, it's right on the water. So you can walk along the seawall and see the Atlantic right there. I yeah. mean, it's kind of amazing. Uh, you know, like any city that has water, it's so cool to be able to walk down to the waterfront and, you know, just have a walk along the beach and behind you yeah, is this really amazing skyline. So, you know, that's not every city, but for ones that do offer that, it, it's fantastic. But not just that. What I love about New Haven is that it's just about anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes away from the most beautiful coastal towns. Yeah. And when you're here, everyone has an opinion about which coastal town is the better one. Truth. I mean, honestly, like, for instance, we're near a town called Guilford, Connecticut. Your favorite so far. It is. I really love it. And we're going to end up doing a podcast about Guilford because we've spent so much time there. But if you go to Guilford, everyone in Guilford says Guilford's amazing. But then if you go to Madison, which is the next town over from Guilford, and it's also on the coast, everyone says Madison's amazing. And then you have people saying that Branford is amazing. And people tend to argue about what town they live in being the better one. And I love that because it's a town loyalty. I love town loyalty. Like I love when you come into an area and people love where they live. I've said this before. So being in New Haven, you get a lot of that. It's been interesting just overhearing conversations while standing in line for coffee or sitting at a restaurant. And you'll hear somebody say to someone else that they're acquainted, oh, where are you guys living now? Or I haven't seen you in forever. And they're like, oh, we live over in Woodbridge. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's so nice over there, you know? Yeah. And so you get a lot of community within the city limits of each town, but somehow they all interlink and everybody kind of knows where you're coming from. It's and, true. And all these little towns, everybody, oh, that's great. Oh, you know, it's good to see you again. See you later, you know? Or we'll, we'll head out that way maybe in a couple of weeks, you know? I'll, I'll give you a call if I'm out that way, you know? It's Agreed. Great. Yeah. The one thing that I find surprising is that New Haven is never on anyone's list as a destination. You never hear anyone saying, I'm going to New Haven for the weekend or I'm going to New Haven for the week. They'll say, I'm going to Boston. I'm going to New York. I'm going to, you know, uh, Rhode Island or, you know, the Hamptons. But no one says, I'm going to New Haven. I don't know why, because it's a cute city. I, I, I would highly suggest someone coming to visit because New Haven has really embraced Yale Yale University has embraced New Haven, and it, to me, is a great place to visit because of the history that Yale brings 
to this town and then all the things the city brings to visitors. Does that make sense? Like you have really great food here and it's not just yeah. uh, talk about that for sure. Yeah. You have Mediterranean, Peruvian, you have Italian. And okay, by the way, everyone in New Haven swears that their pizza is better than the rest of the country. Okay. Like you cannot, I, I cannot even being from Chicago, like say a word. Pizza I, was invented here. That's what I'm told. Yeah. And Allegedly. I, I yeah, I'm gonna argue that, but not with a New Haveny. Not with a New Haveny. It's pretty dang good. I don't know. <laughs> if, if if it wasn't invented here, it was certainly perfected. That's my take. So New Haven obviously has a little Italy that they're very proud of, but it's not just it's not just New Haven. Like you go outside of New Haven and everyone will remind you. We have all the Italians here. Everyone says, oh, we have more Italians here than any place in the country. And I have said, I thought it was New York. And then I've gotten slammed. So now I just go, okay. Wait, there are more Italians here in New, New Haven yes, than anywhere? That's what, that is what people that I've encountered have told me. I haven't done the stats, mm. but that's what people, because I think there's I a think big- I think that's a dubious fact. I think there's a big Italian community in Chicago. I can't even say anything. Like people don't even let me get a word in edgewise when we're talking Italian food. And Italian people, because New Haven seems to have a lock on it. But I'm fine with that, because Italian food's my favorite, so bring it. I'll hit every pizza parlor in this city. Okay, so let's get right into something we've tiptoed around. Their biggest attraction for New Haven, and it would be... Yale University. Yes. Without a doubt. The city and the university are so baked into each other's fabric. I mean, I think the university's been around since, like, the early 1700s. I think you're right. So... It's, I think, the third oldest college in the United States. Yes. And it's obviously an Ivy League school. It's a well-reputed institution. Every mother in America hopes that little Timmy gets to go to Yale one day. And he won't. It's a 5% acceptance rate. <laughs> I, I looked it up. I, I, know. Think, I think that quote is a little high, actually. Yale only has 6,200 students enrolled. So if you break that down, it's roughly 1,500 per class. Right. So little Johnny's not getting in unless he has figured out a way to split atoms at the age of four. Well, I said little Timmy. Oh, well, he's not getting in either. I feel bad for both of those boys. But actually, I feel bad for their mother. I do, too. I walk this campus, not going to lie, and you're a parent and your kid doesn't go there kind of envious of the parents whose kids do you're like you have a genius on your hands how yeah. did you feel when you were there uh how did i feel when i was there i felt like i was taken back to my own college years which were at youngstown state and categorically do not match the experience these students are getting at yale but i i did have a little tinge of because i got such bad counseling when I was going to school, and I had really good grades in high school. Oh, I think I know where this conversation is headed. I just wish I would have at least applied and got rejected. You know, it's like oh. I felt like it was a missed opportunity to get like a rejection thing, letter. Exactly, because I know it would have been coming. But uh, I, I would say the one place where I pride myself is, you know, our daughters were not afraid to aim for the stars with colleges, and even if they didn't even land on the moon, they were still, you know. They tried. Yeah, totally. They didn't, you know, I don't think any of them got into the A-list institutions that they applied for, but the fact that they did it, it made me feel a little like, eh, 
you know, it was a missed opportunity when I was a kid. I'm not saying I would have gotten in. I wouldn't have. I don't think my GPA, even in 1988, was good enough to get into Yale. I'm not saying that at all. But, you know, it would have been a dramatically different life. Just walking up on the campus itself with all the Gothic structures, the dorm buildings, uh, taking up several city blocks, and the campus really does own that section of town. Uh, it has basically... It basically encompasses the green in the center of town. We'll talk about the green and the mixture of people that, that you know, congregate there. But uh, for the most part, it really, when you think of a prestigious university, like Ellie and I, when we were in Boston, we went to Cambridge to visit Harvard just because it was right across the street from a savings and loan that was featured in the movie The Town, which is my favorite movie. And oh, Harvard happened to be right down the street. So I took See Ellie what? over there. But uh, I was searching for locations for the movie. And she was like, Dad, like, I want to go to Harvard and visit at least because I'm never going to attend that school. You know, uh, I will say being here in New Haven, Yale, Yale's campus just wipes the floor with almost any other campus I've seen. The only one I think that approaches it is University of Chicago. Okay, uh, but University of Chicago's outlying area mm. isn't like New Haven. Like you can no. pretty, like you go a few. I'm blocks, just saying yeah. campus. I'm not comparing towns. Okay, it's just you know the the allure and the mysticism of Yale is present as you start walking the grounds. It's not just education. It goes beyond that. It's it's history, it's progress, it's yeah. innovation, it's all of that. Like you're standing where history has been made by the students yeah. and the legacy of this campus. Presidents walked that campus. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about them a little later, but George W. Bush and John Kerry, were, who both ran against each other in the 2004 election. Yeah, they both went to Yale. They both went to Yale. Bill Clinton went to Yale. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of a no-joke institution for sure. I mean, I really, it, it's humbling to be honest, to, to fully answer your question, it's humbling to walk around there and think of, like I've always been a huge fan of how education changes people's lives. Yes. And especially if you come from lesser means, uh, it's it to me, it felt like the pinnacle of academia out of anything I've ever seen in the United States. So- And it, to be clear also, because we have not mentioned this, we arrived when it was move-in weekend. And let's talk about the demographics of people we saw on campus because I think most people, including me, so I'm speaking for myself, yeah. you have an idea of a Yale student and it is a white kid with yeah, blonde a little, hair. A little snotty white boy, yeah. And we got on campus. I didn't see, I, maybe I saw two white people. I saw a lot of African-Americans. I saw a lot of Asians. Indian I saw folks. Muslims. Yeah. I saw Indian. I saw, I think, three white kids. So to see that in the middle of their campus was so refreshing. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I just felt that as though everyone's getting an education. It's not just for rich white kids. Like, everybody is getting an education. And then to confirm that, we actually did a private tour of Yale. We just got very, very lucky. Um, all their tours were booked up. Not it. It wasn't a tour for students coming in. It was really a visitor tour. So people come to New Haven and just 
want to visit Yale like we did. And we got very fortunate that there was a student available who gave a private tour through the visitor center. Yeah. Shout out to Patrick. So thank you for setting that up. And then our tour guide was named Anya, and she was a senior at Yale. And she confirmed what my thoughts were about the enrollment of Yale. Uh, she was clear that Yale really wants to debunk that that myth that everyone has of just the stereotype of a, of a stereotype. Yale student. Sorry, I said myth. The stereotype because it's not a myth. It's no. true. Yep. The stereotype that only rich white kids can go there. She said that they have been trying to do away with that for years. And what she said was so refreshing because we talked about the SATs and we talked about how hard it is to get in Yale. And she was very open about the fact that her parents could afford for her to have an SAT tutor. Yeah. So she was a good test taker. She said, I hit all those check marks of what would allow me to get into Yale. She said, but Yale is trying to figure out a way to get kids in this school that are smart enough to get in this school, but maybe don't have the means for an SAT tutor. Well, I think it's uh, the essence of what Anya was telling us is that the school has recognized that there are other metrics to find the best of the best students than just kids who taking an SAT. And who could afford a tutor to do that and help them and all correct, of that. Correct, correct. But uh, additionally, I mean, it's you don't even have to take the SAT anymore to apply to Yale. It probably helps if you had a great score, you know, but it's not a requirement on your application like it was in years past. Like, look, you still have to be an innovator. It's no lie. It's an Ivy League school, so you're not just going to you got a 3.2. You're not getting into Yale. But the point is, is that they really want to make it accessible to people of lesser means but are just as smart. But if you're the type of kid that gets a 3.8 and, oh, you've been running a soup kitchen that feeds 5,000 people at the age of 13 or 14 years old, you're getting into Yale. You're probably going to get into Yale. Yeah. You know, you have a very good shot. And not, if not getting into Yale, then at least one of the other Ivies or one of the other prestigious institutions in the United States. So getting back to Anya and what she was telling us about the student body, you know, we're under the impression historically that it's probably 50-50. Like one of the kids there is probably a legacy kid. Mm -hmm. Their parents went there. Their grandparents went there. Somebody's, you know, contributing to an endowment to get little Richie Rich in. Yeah. But she said it's actually less than that. It's about 30% legacy. Uh, legacy can be a, a, a sort of a controversial subject, especially now with last year's Supreme Court ruling about affirmative action. And a lot of, I think there are probably a lot of, court cases we talked about that are going to pop up as a result of that, because several schools have said, we're still going to do what we've been doing under affirmative action, whether it's legally required or not. Oh, uh, yeah. Somebody's coming after Harvard right but now. But now somebody's saying, well, it's not that it's legally required. It's unconstitutional that you're doing this. So so now, you know, with this Supreme Court, I'm not even going to get in. We're like getting off track. But the bottom line is her thoughts were she said probably about 30% legacies at this point. And I didn't find that to be really an unreasonable number in a way. It's a little higher than I think you would think. I don't know, maybe not. Like if you're going to Alabama and you're in a sorority and all that other stuff, it's like your mom went, your grandma went, all that, you know? And so- I thought it was high. I actually thought the legacy was lower. I thought it was gonna be 10 or 20%. I, when she said around 30, I was a little surprised. Um, we did have a discussion about legacy. I'm all for legacy. I'm not for varsity blues. And that is what that documentary was. The a couple scandal of, at USC. Yeah. And no, I'm not about paying for a kid that's dumb 
to get into a school. That's not what I'm about. I'm about if your grandma went there, your grandpa went there, your mom went there, your dad went there, and you have the grades to get in, but maybe you just don't have, like, you have a 4.1 and you don't have the (laughs) 4.177. Like, I look, if your parents want to donate $50,000 or $500,000 and build a building so you can make it over that hurdle, I'm all for it. I really am. And I know there are people who may disagree with me. It's my opinion. I host this show. I can I, have one. You, you, you are absolutely <laughs> I'm, entitled. I'm, I'm legitimately so okay with legacy because legacy generally comes with a huge a donation to the university. And I think everyone benefits when a new nursing building is built because little Johnny's grandma wanted Johnny to go there and he just didn't have that 0.77. I'm great with that. Even if he was at a 4.0, I'm great with that. He's obviously smart enough, and the nurses need a new wing on their building. Have grandma pay for it. There you go. Do they do a nursing program at Yale? I don't, I don't think know if they, they do. do. Okay, it'd be like, okay, at <laughs> Yale, at Yale, it's yeah. going to be honestly it's be an, an economics. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be a, a new wing on the economics building or a new wing on the bioengineering science, yeah. blah blah blah. You know, something totally. Uh, I mean, for me, legacy works as long as the bar for merit isn't lowered to Agreed. a point where, you know, like you're talking about, I, I, we all know wealthy families who got their kids into a school where you're like, yeah, uh, little Jenny has no business being in this. School. Right. Right. So, and that I'm not I'm not for that. So to be clear, I'm not yeah. for that. But at any rate, let's talk about the tour and some of the things we did. First place we went was. Connecticut Hall, and that is where the statue of uh, Nathaniel Hale, renowned U.S. spy during the Revolutionary War. There's a statue of him, and that was actually his dormitory. And she actually told us a funny anecdote about Nathaniel Hale. Like, we revere him. We learn about him in history books as being the spy who said, I my only regret is that I have but one life to give for my country as he was being hanged by the British for being a spy during the revolutionary war, Nathan Hale. I said, Nathaniel earlier, it's Nathan Hale. As we all know him. I like to go by Nathaniel. We're Oh, cause you're not on like comfortable terms. You're, you're not on social terms with, Na- with, with Nathaniel it, Hale, with Nathan Hale. Yeah, I think it's Nathaniel. So I'm going to go with Nathaniel because you know, I don't use his nickname. I know him as Nathan. <laughs> Do you know him as Nathan? Sure. Do you know Nate? I donate. Yeah, Nate you know and I it? hang. Uh-huh. Okay, good. Anyway, Nathan Hale, as a spy, she, Anya, gave us some very important information about Nate. What was it? You know that whole saying, loose lips sink ships? Yeah. Loose lips got Nate hung. <laughs> Newton. <laughs> loose lips got Nate hanged. <laughs> yep. So he was bragging about being a spy. It was only a spy for two weeks before word got out because he was at a pub talking about how he was a spy and all of his spy stuff. So he was trying to do Mission Impossible, but he wasn't keeping it under Worst wraps. spy ever, yeah. as and it turns out. Yeah, they, they found him quick. They did. And allegedly his brother-in-law turned him in, probably because he was boasting about being a spy to his get- sister. He was going to get the whole family killed. He was. He's going to get the whole family killed. And the brother's like, uh-uh. He's got to go. Yeah. And, and he did. Uh-huh. And he went. Quickly. Yeah. Uh, and then do you remember what she said? That when he was getting hung or hanged or whatever it is, he had two things in his hand. One was his Yale 
diploma. Yeah. And then the other one, I don't. Do it's the Bible. The Bible. I was going to say, yeah. I think it was the Bible. Yeah, the Bible yeah. and his Yale diploma. So yeah. Because the Constitution had not been written yet. No, not yet. We were still fighting for that at that point. Yeah. But that uh, was a really good fun fact that she gave us on that tour. So obviously, everyone at Yale is a big fan of Nathan Hale, Nate, my boy Nate. Yep. And then we also learned on the tour, kind of crazy. When you walk on the campus, you enter the campus through these beautiful wrought iron gates. Yeah. They are original to the campus, which is insane. We're in 2023 and they're still using those wrought iron gates to close it up and open it. It's it's unbelievable and they're beautiful. They are. And as the campus expanded over the years, they really did up to a point uh take a lot of care to find architects who would construct buildings that looked like they belonged at Yale. It's true. Until the 70s, I think it was. And then, of course, you know, everything in the 70s. There is a section of student housing where it looks, to me, it actually looked more sort of Mediterranean or Middle Eastern or something like that. The no, way the bricks were, bricks looked, were laid out. It looked very 70s. It looked like a 70s apartment building. It was so ugly. It like I thought they need to cover it up with bushes and trees. It was so ugly. That whole campus is beautiful. Did you feel bad for the students living in that 100%, section? One hundred percent, because there are dorms and they are ugly. And I know they tried to make it look cool with a seventies modern architecture. And it was just terrible. You're like, yeah, I got into Yale, and then they see everybody else's dorm, and then they keep walking with yes. their bags, and they're like, oh, I'm here. Yeah, we felt bad for the kids who live in that particular section, yeah. but really good overall for the Yaleys and. Obviously, when you go to a prestigious institution like that, there's a lot of cohesiveness after graduation as alumni oh. for like your entire life. I mean, you always hear the the stories of like how uh, graduates from Ivy League schools always like work with other graduates from Ivy League. The alumni association is tight. Like it's like yeah. a club. And one of the reasons for that is it's sort of baked in because when you are a freshman Yaley and you show up, uh, a freshman, their their mascot is bulldogs. By the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, go bulldogs. That makes sense. I think uh -huh. I saw. Them at, I think I've seen that. I yeah. actually know I have. Uh, and I guess well, they're you know obviously they're not good at football or basketball, or anything, but oh, they're oh. but I guess their their rowing team, their crew team dominates. So there are football players that are going to negate that you said they're not good at football. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're better at academics. Let's just put it like that. But uh, one of the reasons that there is so much cohesiveness is they're basically surrounded by the same people for all four years. When they move into the freshman dorms, they're living over in the freshman side. But their second year, they get into these residential colleges, and each one is a little community unto itself. They have their own Cafeteria. I hesitate to use the word cafeteria. No, it's like a chef. The one place had its own like brick oven pizza place, uh, but they have their own courtyards. They have their own activities. They have weekly events going on in that building. She said it's about 500 students times 14 buildings or yes, something like that. Yes. And so you are free to go to any other of the residential colleges there on campus. If you want to eat at another dining hall, you're fine, whatever. You can go to any of their events, all the students intermingle, but day to day, going in and out of classes, going in and out of whatever their daily routine is, they're seeing the same people. They're they're bonded with these, you know, four or five hundred people 
in such a way that for the rest of their lives, you know, like them or love them, they're Yaleys and they're all together. Yeah, she even said that you're randomly picked. She said that if, let's say, Yale has 11% Muslim as a total, uh, you know, enrollment population, that your college will also represent 11% Muslim. So you may end up with like three or four Muslim people in your college. It's not a college per se, it's just where they all live. But one college has a basketball court in the basement. Another college has a theater. Um, believe it or not, there's basket weaving. So when you make fun of your friend for learning basket weaving in college, that might be a Yaley because they have basket weaving classes. Did not know that. Yeah. And um, and so she said that there are people in her residential college that she never, ever would have met in Yale at college had it not randomly be chosen for her as to who her roommates basically are, because there are 500 roommates in this building. And what's interesting is Yale has its own graduation with all the seniors that are graduating. And then each individual college has their own ceremony. So it explains why Yaleys all stick together because they've been with each other for, you know, four years. These college residences make it very easy for people to meet other people and you don't need to be a part of a frat or sorority anymore. It's just not necessary how it used to be in the past. Yeah, the students just don't feel the need to join those particular organizations as much as previously, but they all still want to join a specific type of organization there at Yale when they become seniors. Uh, yeah, Yale is known for their secret societies. It's no secret. In fact, it's <laughs> such not a secret that you can Google skull and bones. So uh, yeah. I did, and, and they'll take you directly to where the building is, the Google map. Um, I did tell you or ask you, mentioned to you, do not bring up the secret society on this tour because she's not going to be allowed to talk about it. Okay. Yale is so secretive. We couldn't record our tour. Yeah. They wouldn't let us record it. That's and she, every, the, the guy who set it up at the visitor center said we couldn't record it. Anya said we couldn't record it. She said we can come back and record it if we wanted. We couldn't do it on the tour. I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. But it was fine. I mean, it was great information. Yeah. I understand why they do it. They want to protect the students who are taking you on the tours. Not every student wants to end up on inter on on the internet, on YouTube, or what have you. I don't you. know. Oh, come on! They're like trying to like change world policy. So you know, do they want to be on a little janky video on YouTube or something like that? It was with the Skip Town All Stars. It different, wasn't janky. different for sure. We're not. I'm not saying we're janky, but I'm just saying. Can you imagine like the people in and out every day? Sure. Doing the tours or whatever. It's yeah. like you got to protect the students a little bit. I All totally right, get bye. it, but it does. I'm not gonna lie. It does play into the allure and. Just like in Egypt, when it was probably ill-advised for Bill and I to ask about the UFOs while standing at the pyramid, I, again, just couldn't help myself. I had to ask her about the secret societies. You could not. To hear Anya talk about it, it's really not that big of a deal like it used to be. But if you look at Skull and Bones specifically, it wasn't just George W. Bush. Oh. It was his dad, his grandfather, everybody. Uh, any, everybody and anybody who was a part of the early inception of the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency here in the United States, many, many names and skull and bones appear on that list, I know, on both lists. Even though Anya dismissed it, which I think is part of the whole secret society mysticism. Like they know, we know they're there, but they're trying to tell us they're not 
really a big deal now. Yeah, and I didn't believe her because I still think <laughs> they're the controlling factor of our government. I really do think that the secret societies, and especially at Yale, because it is so powerful, those society, that's Skull and Bones, everyone knows, is one of the most powerful secret societies. I mean, aren't they even linked to the Masons? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so for her to say, oh, it's just a social club now, is like, okay, this is part of the mysticism. I, I, I'm not, I, I didn't believe her, and I still don't. I still think that the most powerful families, kids, are in that secret society. I guess there are 12 of them now, which kind of does dilute being in a secret society, social club. <laughs> Uh, -huh. uh, but I, she showed us a building of one as we were walking by She's like, the oh, scroll and key building, oh, the, the tomb for scroll and key. Yeah. And so the, the two biggest ones, the ones that have been around the longest are skull and bones, which I guess happened from some, some sort of schism with the, you know, well-known Phi Beta Kappa fraternity, uh, which was, you know, the, it is the highest fraternity you can get into in the United States. And it's actually co-ed, if I'm not mistaken. But at whatever point, uh, the Skull and Bones guys decided they were going to split off because it was only men at that point. They went rogue. They went rogue. They created their own secret society and then the CIA. So, <laughs> Okay, that but sounds the, right. But there's another one called Scroll and Key that's been around, I think, almost as long. So, the, And now there are about 10 other offshoots. She said they're really no big deal. It's... Uh, they are a big deal if you're a senior. You want to be invited to the best one you can possibly get into. Uh, and really, it just sounds like another layer, as she describes it nowadays, it sounds like another layer of just networking. Yeah, that's what she said, but I didn't believe her. Uh, did you know that Skull and Bones supposedly has Geronimo's bones? Yeah, I've heard that. And there's a restaurant right near Yale called Geronimo's. Oh. Uh-huh. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's a question that we asked her. Is there a secret entrance into Skull and Bones? Again, I don't know if I believe her because we think it's behind a bookcase. It might be in a men's stall in a bathroom where yeah. the men go through. Like, really, like we have in our heads, we've got it locked down as to like this secret entrance. But mind you, you can walk right past it on the street and there is a front door. Yeah. And she said they just go through the front door. And then James said, do they use a key card? And she said, no. They have to use a key, which is true, because if you walk by the front door, there's two padlocks. And she said that they like to keep it old school and use a key. I do not believe they go through the front door. Well, I, just I don't do believe not. that either, because how do they lock the padlock when they're inside? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. How are you going to lock the padlock with a key when you're already inside the door? And then somebody's going to see the padlock is open and they're going to take the padlock. They're going to be like, hey, guys, let's go. Yeah. See, I didn't believe her. Yeah. Well, I think you're right to not believe her about maybe that. I don't know. I'm not really here to debunk Anya. She you was just, a nice girl. You just debunked her. I kind of <laughs> did. I mean, it's like, how do you lock the padlock? I didn't realize they were padlocks. Uh-huh. It's a padlock. You, we'll go buy it. I saw see. a keypad. Like, I saw a card pad, though, on the outside. And, and a lot of cameras. A lot of cameras. A and lot of cameras. They definitely have all of my info. Like, oh, they had his retina. Like, they do. Yeah. They I told my them to stop. I go, do not walk up those stairs. They have facial recognition. They already know like everything about you in 30 seconds. He still went. I have an iPhone. They know everything about me anyway, so it doesn't really matter. So the tour was really great. It was. I would highly recommend it. I would say if you're going to be on the East Coast – Come to New Haven, honestly, to visit Yale. It's it's an amazing experience. I mean, it is what New Haven is about. Yeah, but let's talk about New Haven a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's Enough do it. Enough about Yale. Let's move on. 
Uh, so while we've been here, we've been staying at the New Haven Hotel. It's a weird hotel because there's parts of it that are very like old, like just traditional. Like, yeah, dated. And then there are other parts that are super modern, but the staff has, <laughs> the staff's amazing. Anything yeah. you could want is downstairs. I mean, they have food and snacks and alcohol and just like laundry detergent. It's, it's a one-stop hotel. If we ever come back to New Haven, we're staying at this hotel again. The rooms are pretty basic, oh, I'll say. The rooms are too small. Forget that. Like about the rooms. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mention the rooms. The rooms are, I like the amenities. I mean, I like the fact that everyone's well, super helpful. I was going to finish. So <laughs> thank you, though, for like totally hijacking my thread. Go ahead. I Go. said sorry. the rooms are pretty basic, but the entire place is spick and span clean. And that is obviously tremendously important as a guest. That I see cleaning people all around. Our room was... You know, there are some there are some older dated elements in the room, but everything is like not a not a speck of dust anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So and it's central to everything that you would want to do when you're in New Haven. There are other hotels, obviously, that you could go to. We just found this one to be really affordable, parking easy, and we can walk everywhere. There's a yoga studio right behind the hotel that I actually frequented the other day. I mean, it's just super convenient. Yeah. So it's at the corner of College and George. If you make a quick turn on College Street. Oh my gosh, there must be like 50 restaurants right there. Yeah. If you're into Mediterranean, we went to Mediterranean. Did yeah, you like that place? I did. I mentioned it earlier. Yeah. I I really liked it. I thought it was delicious. Oh yeah, my short ribs were awesome. No, you didn't you had pot roast. I know it yeah. was pot yeah. roast. Yeah. I ordered I feel bad for you. I ordered short ribs and they brought out this brontosaurus size chuck meat. Piece it was of meat. Yeah, it was a chuck roast. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not. No, it was absolutely 100% not short rib and it was chuck roast and you had chuck roast on mashed potatoes which was pot roast. It was actually pretty delicious so I didn't send it back but uh, at any rate, I should have stuck with the Mediterranean at the Mediterranean place, but uh, there are plenty of other places there. There is um, there's the first hamburger stand. Oh, yeah. Everyone argues about this, and we're going to go today after we're done doing this podcast. It's called Louis Lunch, and we're going to go and have a burger. So people argue about where the first burger started, but don't argue that with a New Haveny. It's Louis Lunch. Yeah. And they're only open till two. They're only open until two. Yeah, but on like In Fridays. In keeping with our tradition. Yeah, but they do break that tradition on Friday and Saturdays. I think it's 2 a.m. Oh, nice. Yeah, so they do the after oh, okay. like drinking crowd also. Genius. Yeah, and you can't go in there and ask for any specifics. They give you the hamburger exactly how they do it. And so we're going to go and experience this hamburger. All right, sounds good. Uh, there are also plenty of Asian restaurants in that area. Yes. Oh, my gosh. There are noodle bars. Uh, there is, a, I actually, before we leave, I want to try, and it's only because I've walked past this place a hundred times now and I've seen the photos. I want to try OK Dog. It's a, it's a Korean hot dog place. Uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It's a Korean rice hot dog. I saw it. Like it they looks... make they make the coating out of rice. I can't wait. It looks it's like a... a corn dog, but the Korean style. Totally. And it reminds me of a few places in Los Angeles that would have their own interesting Asian twists on burgers. So I'm going to try a hot dog on a stick today, Korean style. Now, the one place that um, New Haven, if you're a music lover, you know about is Toad's Music Hall, which is um, a venue where a lot of indie bands will come and play. And um, everyone is super stoked that Keanu Reeves is coming. And I think he'll be here in October. 
every place I go, people mention Toads and that Keanu Reeves is coming. Wow. But um, so, yeah, so Toads has been around for like 30 years. Uh, and that's pretty that's that's been a staple in New Haven for a while. Right. Um, I don't know. I think New Haven is a really easy, walkable city. It is a walkable city because the one day we actually walked all the way over to Little Italy, which is in Wooster Square. Mm -hmm. And we went to uh, allegedly one of the first places where you could ever get a piece of pizza in the United States. Frank right? Pepe's. Frank Pepe's. I loved it. How'd you feel? Do I really say? Because I'm going to. Yeah, you can say you can have your own opinion. I thought it was OK. You're paying I, the rent. Go ahead. I thought it was OK. I thought the crust was too chewy and hard. Are you going to go to Sally's and try that I one I am going to try Sally's, 100%. Okay. Sally's I, is number two, supposedly. I was all in on Frank Pepe's. I love the original tomato pie. They have a clam pie, I guess you can order. We yeah, didn't a try white it. Clam a white clam pie. Pizza. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pizza. Uh, we, I did not order that. We got sausage instead. Yeah, we and, got their traditional tomato pie. Yeah. And then uh, just a standard, you know, cheese and sausage pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lots of little shops around there, though. There's a little bakery nearby, yeah. right next door, and super cute. It's town. adorable. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It's like the little town square. The, they have their own little green over in that section of town, they do. separated by a bridge. Yeah, uh, from the from the main downtown section. So, and the houses were quite charming. Just, uh, it's a cute little area for sure. All right. So enough about the food. Although I will interject, New Haven knows how to do coffee. I will say that Midpoint Cafe, my favorite, just a little walk-up shack, but they have a killer Americano there. There's a Bee Natural Cafe right in the neighborhood. And okay. then we actually, when we were on our long walk the other day, we went to Cedarhurst Cafe, and uh, those girls there really whipped up a nice cup of coffee as well. Uh, but back to the areas uh -huh. and the sections of town, uh, because you know part of this is, could we live here? And I think the truth is maybe not in downtown for me, but there are plenty of outlying areas that are fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Um, it doesn't make my top five just because I don't want to live in a city. But if I had to pick a city, I wouldn't mind living here. I just wouldn't live in the downtown area. I would live like like near Little Italy. I would live in more of a neighborhood feel. Um, kind of similar to Milwaukee where... I wouldn't live like in downtown Milwaukee, but I'd live a little bit maybe like by the lake. Like in Milwaukee, it's like those are more neighborhoody. So I would. It's just uh, would not be my first preference. I think uh, it's weird. I You know, the area you're talking about over near Worcester Square and all that is really nice and cute, but it still feels pretty city to me. So I would prefer to actually go to one of the outlying sort of communities. I mean, you know, I'm sort of leaning into rural uh, and there's plenty of that within 15 minutes of New Haven. Okay, so you're out. Like, you could not do. So could we live here, New Haven? You couldn't do. Directly in New Haven? No. Would I want to live outside of New Haven a little bit? Yeah, I would. Okay. There's plenty to do here. There are a lot of indie bands that come here, a lot of alt-rock bands. Right up the street from our place, there's like Royal Blood and Mars Volta and all these bands that, you know, we it's Mars sort Voltaire. Of... Volta. No, it's Voltaire. No, there's no R on the end. I'm are it's we V O L T A. Then it's a different band. Been the or the I the I R E fell off their marquee because it's Mars Voltaire. It's not Mars Voltaire. It's okay. Mars Volta. New Haven. Look, it comes up right then there. Then it's okay, then it's a different band. Then it's a different band. 
Whatever I stand corrected. Whatever band you're listening to sucks. Mars Voltaire. Mars Volta is good. <laughs> Mars Voltaire sucks. Mars Volta is good, though. <laughs> okay, they just copied Mars, Mars Voltaire. No, they've been around forever. Hold on. What are you doing? I'm looking this up. Why? Just I'm accept saying... that you're wrong. No, it's too hard. Yep. Right? Mars Voltaire. No. Where does it say Mars? It says Voltaire. Hold on. There's no Mars in front of that. No, no. There's show no. the people. Hold on. Show the it people just... your phone. Don't be hiding <laughs> evidence. You're not in a secret society. I, stop it. Oh, they must have changed their name. No, they didn't. <laughs> they changed their name. Yeah, they changed their name <laughs> to Voltaire. But there it's was never Mars a Mars Voltaire. in it. First, first off, his name's not Voltaire because that was like an old philosopher or French guy. Hold on. I'm telling you, they changed their name. Hold on, Mars. They didn't. We're wasting time. Let's okay, go. hold on. See, look at band members. Of who? Mars Volta? Oh. Yeah, Mars I Volta. I think they changed their name. You can stop any time now. <laughs> okay, I'm done. You're wrong. <laughs> okay, stand corrected. I stand corrected. Well, I, w I went hard on that, too. I was like, you are wrong. I know what it is. I'm going to look this up when we're done, because I know there was a band called Mars Voltaire, and whoever is out there listening knows that there's this band also. Go ahead, look it up. That'll keep okay, you and busy. And whoever knows music out there knows there's a band named Mars Voltaire. Moving on. Some of the areas that I wanted to list off, let me just pull it up here because I am not Encyclopedia Britannica or Zillow. But I will say the houses range here, depending on the neighborhood, you can get, as I said, a really nice like three-bedroom, two-bath house for like 300 350 in a, in a decent area, in a good area. Uh, and obviously... It's Connecticut, so they run the gamut. If you're going to go oh. to a nice seaside community right outside of New Haven, you're looking at seven figures, obviously. And their taxes here are really high. So we have heard this over and over again. Property taxes in Connecticut are very high. But we've also heard over and over again that it's worth it. I, I'm shocked when people say this to me, and I've heard this from more than one person. The taxes you're paying on your house will also dictate the parks in your area, the education, yeah. the social, um, the 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 city services, uh, like trash pickups. I mean, people don't mind paying those high taxes. I mean, I, when I bring it up, every single person will say to me, well, you get your money's worth. I heard it again last night. This one woman said, yeah, I pay a high tax for where I live. And I think she lived in an area called Brantford. And she said, but my trash pickups are always like on time. They even added a day. My schools are good. She's like, I don't mind paying those taxes because I know where my money's going. And I was like, oh. Okay. Who says that? Nobody. And this is the third person easily, yeah. easily the third person. Okay, so let's talk about some good neighborhoods. Uh, East Rock is allegedly very good. Westville, a lot of people like downtown. There are a lot of great condos down here, a yes. lot of great apartments, all that. Uh, I think if you and I were maybe 15 years, 20 years younger, we might actually want an apartment here in the city mm -hmm. um, if we didn't have kids with us. Worcester Square, obviously, we mentioned that ad nauseum. Uh, Prospect Hill Historic District. So you went to the Guilford side. I had to run an errand the other day that took me up to Middlebury. Middlebury's nice. It's not like Guilford. Guilford has a town square, a market green, or and whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and it's on the coast. I went the other direction. My my direction was a little northwest. Uh I will say, though, that a lot of trees, a lot of forests, a lot of great looking houses out that way. A very, very long uh, walking slash biking path that ran along, you know, the side. It was very, very 
park oriented place, obviously. Um, great suburb, nice houses. I went through a place called Seymour that looked like an old fishing town, but it's not really, it's on the river, but it's not really, you know, long story short, I don't know if Seymour's in the cards for us, but. Um, so what you're saying is New Haven is their 15 or 30 minute away city. So it, like, it's a nice. Little oh yeah, I was probably, I mean, it does take a little longer because you hit, it's country road. So you hit some stop signs. You know, you got to be careful. Can't really get up beyond 55, 60 miles an hour uh, because you're going to st be stopping in another mile. But uh, there are like a lot of nice little towns there. I went through West Haven. There were parts of it that were really nice, some parts that were really run down. And uh, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast in the show. Uh, I went I actually drove through Woodbridge after hearing somebody say Woodbridge, which is why it's stuck in my mind. And there are really, really nice pieces of property in Woodbridge. I don't know if you and I, I don't know if they're in the budget for you and I, they seem like they were 700s and up. Okay. So, but huge, massive house, like 3000 square foot plus oh, that's two really levels, big. nice okay. yards, at least half an acre, probably an acre or two. Um, well, maybe we'll go visit Woodbridge. Yeah. Woodbridge, Woodbridge is really nice. And that is actually fairly close to the city. I mean, yeah. that's only, that's like 10 minutes from where we sit right now, probably 15 minutes. I'm finding that a new Haven is surrounded by adorable towns. So it's that whole, how far is a big city from us and what does that city have to offer conversation that you and I have had in yeah. the past and New Haven fits that bill because it is the um, it is a good big city to support these small towns that like have to go into the city for the theater, go for, you know, the art museum or yeah. go to uh, a concert. New Haven offers that. Are you going to see, again, a Taylor Swift here? No. Right. But you, you'll you see Taylor Swift in New York, which incidentally is a two-hour two train ride, and no one seems to mind. No. Like, no one. They're like, oh, just hop on a train and go to New York. And I immediately say, wait, isn't that two hours? And they're like, yeah. It's like Texas all over again where no one minds traveling here. Not only that, if you want to do Celtics party weekend with the guys, get on a train, and that's two and a half or Less than three hours, I believe, to Boston. So, so you could do a whole weekend there. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, it's regionally, it has a lot to offer. I mean, a lot of big airports you can get to within a few hours if you needed to fly. If you, if, if, yeah, Hartford if, is. If your flight into. It's Hartford. You The main airport is Hartford. For it New is. Haven. But if your flight to Hartford is $900 and you don't mind driving a little bit, you can take a train in from one of the other bigger cities. Oh, absolutely. You can also fly into New Haven if you're flying locally, from what I'm understanding. Uh, there are flights that go to like, you know, the Carolinas that go to uh, Georgia, Florida, like all throughout, you know, they're regional little uh, airlines. They're not I think it's called Velo or something like that. People talk about that quite often here because they can get around the area and not pay as much as like a Delta United, you know, the traditional commercial airlines. So yeah. uh, any case, yeah, I like the city. It was not on our map. We came across it by being in Hartford and I'm really glad we came here. Absolutely. So with all that being said, do you have a top five? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, despite working a lot, I think I could pull together a top five. How about you? Yeah, I definitely have a top five. Let's so I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. So my top five, I'm going to grab it because I actually wrote them down. I really liked, and you, you mentioned it briefly, but I like the green, which is it's their park. It's their version of what would be a central park in the middle of New Haven. And I yeah. think it has been taken over, it seems by homeless people. So I don't see a lot of people that don't have shopping carts sitting down and enjoying their lunch. 
but right. I do see people walking through the city. So yeah, I'm people sure people use it as a main thoroughfare to get through, like from one side of town to the other. Yeah, and I'm sure once school starts, it might mm -hmm. be a different demographic in that park. But again, a beautiful, beautiful park in the middle of the city. Uh, I love the way the streets are and the grid of the city. It's very easy to drive in this city, yeah. very easy, and very easy to walk. Uh, if you're using your GPS on your map, also easy to get around. But honestly, after being here for two days, you pretty much know the city uh, yourself, and you don't need a GPS map anymore. I like the fact, number three, is that the city is open pretty late, so we're back to that city feel, like real city feel, because people live downtown. So... Um, in, you know, in reference to Hartford, where people leave at 5 p.m., New Haven is not that city. Students live down here. Professionals live down here. So you'll have restaurants open well into the evening. So I, and you feel very safe and walking around because you're seeing other people. Totally. And people live downtown. Absolutely. So. Number four is I really like our hotel. Um, I know it seems silly to make the New Haven Hotel one of our top five. They're not. They're well, not paying for any of this. It's so crazy, but I, <laughs> I like know. the ease of it. It's like, I like the ease of it. I yeah. like the people there. They're all very friendly and helpful. It's I really hotel. like that. Yeah. And then also something we haven't talked about is that nature isn't far from here at all. There are very close trails where you can go hiking. And I love that about this city. Like there, there, it, it is, it can be a city in one moment and then um, a respite. And another. And I really like that. Yeah, for sure. And for a very diverse community, it's actually great to see people from all different cultures being able to access that nature just because of the fact of the way New Haven is situated and how it's surrounded by trees everywhere else, like yeah. within five or 10 minutes of being in the city. If, yeah. you, if you're outside, you can get the parks inside the city. But you can also get hiking trails and all sorts of running paths and everything we talked about, uh, you know, directly outside of the city in some of those neighborhoods. OK, so what's your bottom five? Wow, that's hard. I actually tried to come up with a bottom five. <laughs> and I don't like to just make something up, like just to have a bottom five. I don't know. I really don't have a bottom five. Like there's nothing. Wow, you're about digging New Haven that much. All right. They have everything here. They do. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like I looked up activities. I looked up just things to like do to I looked up yoga. I looked up yeah. a bunch of different stuff and I could find everything at my fingertips. So I haven't I haven't found anything to complain about. I know that sounds crazy. You have public transportation. <laughs> you like go, I haven't found anything <laughs> to complain about. I know that sounds crazy. Uh -huh. Yeah, it does to me for so sure. I, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have a bottom five. Okay. Moving on, uh, I would say a couple of mine are going to be surprises for you. Well, actually, oh, yeah, because I went to both of them without you. You were in Guilford the other day, and I actually got to, I stumbled upon a place called the Pez Factory. You remember oh. the Pez dispensers when we were kids, the yes. little candies? That, those candies are terrible. They're by awful. The way. They're disgusting. But you always wanted to collect. Like, I always wanted all of the, the, the Batman, Robin, Incredible Hulk, all those. And I saw all those. They have all the, I think they have every single Muppet in this place. If you go to the Pez Factory Visitor Center, if you have grandkids or kids or if you're just out kicking it uh, and you find this place and you come upon this place like I did, definitely go inside. I couldn't resist the allure for the sake of our listeners who are all sort of Gen Xers yeah. or millennials who have experienced Pez dispensers. Did they have well, Pez I, around for millennials? I don't know. I was just going to say, do they still sell it? It's a factory. They, they make still it. make, like they have 
They, I know, but where do they sell it? They're keeping up with the times. Where do they sell it? No idea. Maybe the high-end, can like Dylan's Candy Bar or places like that, I guess. The uh, candy shops. I don't see it at CVS. No, you don't see them at CVS anymore. Probably because they'd have to lock them up. You know, that is true. I don't peruse the candy aisle, though, at CVS, to be fair. But I'm telling you, I haven't seen it. But well, I don't think anybody does. Who does? <laughs> they're Who doing a... Is someone out just perusing the candy aisle at CVS? I think there are people that do. I oh think there are gosh. people looking for candy bars. I would also say, and I think I'm butchering this name, the Beinecke Library at Yale. Oh. We did not go in the day we did our tour because it would have taken us away from our tour. But I went in. So picture, if you will, an encasement of a library inside. So the building is a, sort of a modern structure, modern design sticking out in the middle of all these gothic dorm buildings. But you go in and it's six stories of a library that's encased in glass. So unless you're a researcher or somebody scholar. high up, a scholar in academia, uh, you cannot really get into this library. And the reason for that is they have over a million books, parchments, and papyruses. Or I said that right. Yeah, you papyri. Papyri. Well, look at you. I think it's called papyri. Um, Look at you getting all yearly. I am. I'm getting all yearly. Uh, that are ancient. So, like so many of them are ancient. Like they're out of print text. They're found manuscripts. There are parchments of, you know, old parchments of the Bible, handwritten, like all these old books. I couldn't make some of them. I mean, a lot of them are so old, but they're all there's obviously a bibliography. And if you're a scholar and you want to research or see a certain text, you can. I couldn't get into that area, obviously. As a visitor, you're only allowed on the first floor, and you can go up to the second floor just to get sort of an idea and scope of the building itself. But it's a building that has a huge six-story glass case inside, and inside that case is an entire library. You took a picture of it, so we're going to post it on our social media. So we'll yeah. post it on our Instagram. Uh, I read, and, and the tour guide did not know this, but I did read that... One of the copies of the Declaration of Independence is in that library. I did not see that. I heard that from you, actually, as well. But I did not see that the day I went. It was not displayed anywhere. But what was displayed are two things of pretty, pretty impressive note. So one of them is John Audubon's Birds of America, which is his book huge book these they call it an elephant folio it's basically a two by three foot book and inside this it has all of his illustrations of all the birds like over 400 species of birds it's the book is two feet by three feet it's huge yeah like you probably need, how do you like turn the page like I, how do you turn it, the page it's like uh you know when cartographers sit down and they flip maps around or or oh, building plans yes. it's the size of building plans these and these drawings are so detailed. It's it's pretty incredible. I can see why they like wanted to create a whole naturalist birding society after this man. He he really put the work in on these uh, illustrations. So that was impressive. That's very impressive. Yeah. And the other thing is the Gutenberg Bible. Did you see it? I I disappointed to say I did see it in the case, but I couldn't get close to it because they had just redone the flooring in that area. Oh. So I was like twenty feet away from. One of only, I think, ever four. I don't even know how many are still in existence, but I think it's I think it's one of the last. 43 is what I believe. There's it was only, 435 originally. But I think there's only 43 left or something. Probably. It's crazy. It's I crazy that they have one of them. 
well, not only that, but this one is complete. Not all of them are complete. So oh, it's a, wow. like some of them have, you know, I don't know, the monks get crazy or something. They rip pages out. I'm not sure. Or, you know, things just get damaged, fires, whatever. Um, but I, I do believe the one that they have in the lobby that I could not see is a complete Gutenberg Bible. One of the first printed, mechanically printed Bibles. So if you're a scholar or historian, this place is really the Mecca. Yeah. Uh, the other one I already mentioned, I love the nature so close to the city. Uh, people can get out. I love Little Italy. I specifically love Frank Pepe's more than you did, but uh, that's fine to each your own. I'm happy to try Sally's with you at some okay, point. Okay, sounds good. We're going to have to do it. And then uh, my fifth one was just uh, the pleasant surprise that New Haven was. I didn't know what to expect. I don't want to live in New Haven per se, but man, I'd be cool with being around New Haven. You know, that's, it's a great city. That's a great compliment. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have any like bottom five? Not really. I mean, I didn't find anything that I haven't really liked. I mean, I love the fact that there were, you know, if I had time, there were concerts I could go to down the street. Uh, everybody that knows us knows we get into the alt rock and rap and certain things. And uh, there seems to be plenty of offerings for. I love the fact that the, the Yaleys keep the city young. Young people involved in the city life is so much better. Yeah. And it's great because those young people are also supported by legions of uh, people that know how to sort of run the infrastructure for their campus. And therefore, like you said, that spills out into the city. So uh, I think it's a great combination of new and traditional here in New Haven. I love the fact that it's right on the water. If you want that, if you want to head north, you're in a rustic area. Can't say enough about it. If you haven't been to New Haven, you're sleeping on it. It's a mistake. That's my take. All right. So I think I think we're done with our New Haven episode. I think we are. All right. So we will see you guys next week from where? To be determined. Oh, the mystery of Yale has infected your soul. It has. I'm not giving anything away. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Take them out. Empty nest, full tank. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.